This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies. I'm your host, Abana Sankofa Imhotep, and welcome back to Black and Privileged in America podcast. Catch Black and Privileged in America podcast on SoundCloud and on our very own platform, AmplifyDSM.com. And please follow Black and Privileged in America podcast on our Facebook page. You know, you don't necessarily need a college degree anymore to get a good job, but earning one will probably make you more money in the long run and perhaps improve your career options. But on Thursday, June 29th of this year, 2023, the United States Supreme Court struck down affirmative action in college admissions, declaring race cannot be a factor and forcing institutions of higher education to look for new ways to achieve diverse student bodies. Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, has been about it about it long before the ruling against affirmative action. And despite the court's conservative leanings over the past decade or so, Drake established John D. Bright College in 2021. Now it's a two-year degree program with low barriers to entry, promising learners of all backgrounds the chance to do college differently. Today, I'm chatting with Bright College alum, Patricia Mama Pat Johnson and Deshana Taylor, both recent graduates of Bright College's inaugural class. Ladies, welcome to the show. So glad y'all are here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be a part of this. I'm just excited. Yes, thank you. Good morning, Abana, and uh, I'm excited to be here as well. Thank you. Listen, we go way back, so we're going to just we're a com- this is a conversation among friends. So tell uh, tell our listeners um, about yourselves. I mean, we have listeners all over the country, um, and I know that they're anxiously awaiting this conversation because the reason why is black women are the most highly educated demographic group in the country. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted you both here. So please, Mama Pat, we'll start with you. Tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Like you said, I'm also known as Mama Pat. My name is Patricia Johnson. I have lived in Des Moines for the better part of my life. Uh, I am a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, and I enjoy things like reading. I'm not shy in a good game of spades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> or dominoes. And I've, and I've been known to hold my own at the pool table. Uh-oh. So. Well, wait a minute. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, now. And um, I have a variety of interests. And um, the things I enjoy most is uh, church and gospel music and family. Wow. Thank you so much. D. what's up? Tell our listeners about you. Well, my name is Deshana Taylor. Um, I am an Iowa native. Um, I currently work in uh, IT. I, as Abana said, I'm a recent graduate of uh, Bright College's inaugural class. I'm currently married, so I'm a mama, a wife, a grandmother, a daughter. Um, one of the things that I enjoy the most is spending time with loved ones, um, which may or may not be blood relatives or family. Uh, and I enjoy listening to music and 
spending time with my favorite little person, my granddaughter. Oh, you, you, I mean, you got to love the grands. They do something to you. Mm-hmm. They really do. They do. I told my kids if I knew they were going to be that much fun, I'd had them first. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just give the middleman if we could. Right. <laughs> True story, which is, I mean, I, I think what we've done as, and, you know, for the listeners who don't already know, I also am a part of the graduating inaugural class of John D. Bright College at Drake University. We're we're fellow alum. And so part of what we've done, I think, is set a really impressive um, legacy for our grandchildren. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. As a matter of fact, when we had our family celebration afterwards, my nephew stood up and said that, Aunt Pat, you've set the bar really high. Wow. Mm. And it is our job to make you proud. Oh, my goodness. How'd that make you feel? Oh, I was just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed that that's how my family was looking at me and that they were not just knowing that Grandma or Aunt Pat was going back to school at her age, but that she was doing it successfully. Yeah. I mean, okay, can we just say, (laughs) Mama Pat, you graduated summa cum laude. Mm, That is correct. The (laughs) highest honors. Okay. I mean, wow. At 69 years. Oh, my no. gosh. Can we just <laughs> applaud her? I just want to just give it up. Yes, I just, yes. just got to give it Mama up. Mama Pat. Okay. Showed us something. <laughs> so I want to read a little ex- excerpt from um, an online article that I, I stumbled across a few days ago, uh, blackgirlnerds.com. So I stumbled across an article that I found on blackgirlnerds.com that I wanted to share with you leading into my next question, uh, blackgirlnerds.com. It says, Black women are surpassing black men when it comes to higher education. St- statistics show, <laughs> we'll, we can leave that in maybe because I can't say statistics. <laughs> statistics show that out of all of the bachelor's degrees earned by African Americans, black women are responsible for two thirds. Also, black women hold 70% of all master's degrees and 60% of all doctorates earned by black men and women. And in proportion to their share of the overall population, the rate of black women getting degrees exceeds that of Latinas, Native Americans, Asian Pacific Islanders, and white women. Mm -hmm. So to that end, I want to know, like, what made you to decide to go back to school? What, What motivated you to pursue your dreams through higher education? Um, so... I had just had a conversation. Uh, let me say this. I, I decided I made the decision 30 days before school starts to to pull the trigger and actually go back to school. I mean, you were down to the wire, sounds like. I was. And um, I had just recently had a conversation with my husband prior to that 30 days explaining, wow, um, I paid off my student loan debt. I don't have a degree I don't know if it makes sense for me to go back to school at this point and incur any more debt. Okay, I want to pause real quick. So you said you'd paid off debt because you had been in school before. Correct. And hadn't completed. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I had paid that debt off. And I know, um, actually, I had mentioned to you in passing um, that, you know, I have this, I have this urge to, to go back to school. I love higher education. I thought that maybe at one point I might want to um, become an attorney. So I know in order to do that or get a law degree, I shouldn't say become an attorney because you can do so many things with a yeah. law degree besides practice law. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it came from some pushing, for lack of a better word, 
a gentle pushing from you and, and, and even others. You know, when I had mentioned, um, I might want to go back to school, and you had sent me a link to Bright College. Mm-hmm. I looked at it. You sent it to me <laughs> months in advance. And I looked at it, and I said, yeah, okay, sounds good. And then about 30 days before uh, school was supposed to start, I had began seeing posts about Bright College, and I had began seeing posts with you, Mama Pat, you, Abana, and other folks. And um, I said, you know what? This is a chance to be a part of history, part of the inaugural class of John D. Bright College. Um, the other thing that um, motiva- motivated me was my grandmother was a proponent of education, and I did not graduate from high school. The highest grade I completed was the 10th grade, and I thought, what a great way to honor my grandma wow. by going back to school and getting um, a degree. And the other thing was the process was really easy, um, you know, and... Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was partly some gentle pushing from friends. It was following a urge that was in my spirit to mm-hmm. to go back, and um and to honor my grandma. Okay, wow, and, and a sense of accomplishment because, um, that motivates me too. I feel like you know, no one can take that away from me. Right. No, no one. No one. So yeah. I mean, you did that. Thank you, sis. Wow. Okay. Miss Pat, what motivated you to pursue your dreams this way? I would say that the motivation for me to return to school was unfinished business. Wow. Unfinished. Okay. Listen, we need to know more. (laughs) Tell us everything. What it was, was I went to school back in the 80s to Des Moines Area Community College. I actually was in school with one of my children. Oh, wow. That's cool. That was cool. And like life often does, it will sidetrack you. Mm-hmm. I had four children going through school, uh, found myself being a single parent again after a divorce. And I just did not have the wherewithal to do everything at one time. Right. So the thing that got shelved was school. But it had always been a dream of mine to get a degree. I encouraged my children, which two of them, two of the four did get degrees. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. And uh, education as well in my family was a big thing. School, it was not an option, mm-hmm. as you find it in today's society where you can drop out if you want to. That it wasn't it just wasn't an option. And when I saw the opportunity, I have a friend who was an ambassador for the first for the two years at John D. Bright. And they asked me, Do you think you want to go back to school? I said, Don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> you Don't didn't play see with it as me. part of something mm. that you wanted to I mean, were you even thinking about it at that point? I was not thinking about it at that time until it was presented, and the deep desire, the unfinished business uh, in my head, it all just came to surface. It just wow. bubbled up. My I had, had not been that excited about anything in a long time, and that was my motivation to go back and get that. And just like Deshauna said, that sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. and the fact that no one can take that from you. That is that was my motivation. Okay, so before you go, yeah. I want I want to just add one more thing too. You know, I go back and forth with um, 
I'm a firm believer. Let me just say this. I am a firm believer that you do not have to have a formal education um, or a college degree in order to be successful, in order to make money, in order to be viable in this society. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do believe, depending on what your degree is, depending on what it is you want to do, um, that having a degree, a degree can make you more viable in the workplace, especially if you're working for other people. Yes. Let me just make that plain. Um, and I think it also can allow you to command more money as well, once again, depending on what your degree is and what field you're working in. Um, so I, want, I wanted to say that. So that was another motivation. Um, I am, I don't worship money, but I am motivated by money in the sense that I know that I need that in order to be comfortable. I need money in order to be able to, I love giving to other people. I need that in order to be able to uh, to help others as well. That's not the only way I can help, but yeah, I felt I that mean, degree would add to that. Absolutely. The thing about what you're saying that's so profound is, yes, you don't need a college degree to get a good job, to, to be successful. And I think success is kind of like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. That's right. Um, but there are advantages to having the degree. Miss Pat, were you going to say something? I was uh, with what she was saying. It it was so basically personal mm. for me. Mm. It wasn't about impressing anybody or getting a better job because I'm Goodness. retired. Okay, you're speaking. It was completely personal, a fulfillment for me that I did this and I did it for me. Now, if someone around me benefits from that, from my education, so be it. But this was such a personal, I'm going to finally end my life do me. Wow. Moment. Oh, okay. I wait, and I got one more <laughs> Go thing. for it. Go you know, for I'm it. Sorry, yes. I'm saying, um, as a black woman in America, I feel like, and I've said this before, and I know people have heard it before because I'm not the first to say it. This is not profound. I firmly believe that we are the most disrespected, Come on, Malcolm underrepresented mm-hmm. group of people on the planet. Yes, no doubt. And basically in the jobs that I have, I also felt like I command respect regardless. That's just how my daddy raised me. But I also recognize that no matter um, how much I code switch, how, how professional I am, no matter what I present, someone may look at me and just still see the color of my skin, mm-hmm. right, and see my gender. And I also felt like that degree, and it's, for me it's sad to say this, I felt like that degree is also going to command a respect that I might not otherwise get. Okay, so now we're going down this rabbit <laughs> hole that I wanted to go down anyway. Thank you, Deshana, because I wonder how you both feel about whether or not, yes, it, it allows, it, it could potentially allow us to command respect and those things, but does it shield us from anything? Does does the education and the degree, the honors, do those things shield us from racism, from discrimination, from any all, any and all types of hate, like, what what is I don't know what is what should the expectations be for someone like us black a black woman for pursuing a higher education particularly as a non traditional student? I don't think that it shields us from any of those things because 
miseducation hmm. is what Woo. causes those things. Mm. So it's not a shield. I look at it as a tool. Oh, listen, <laughs> audience, I hope y'all are catching these jewels. Catch these jewels. Okay, so yes, please elaborate. Okay, because I feel like, and it's different for me, because like I said, I'm going to be 70 in a couple months, and I proved everything I needed to prove to the world. Mm. This was strictly for me. And I just think that because I've always felt that education is the key to a lot of things, who you are is how you get those things. I mean, there's so much wisdom in that. I, 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 I Rarely am I speechless. Mm-hmm. Rarely am I speechless. But I just want to process that. Who you are. Oh, okay. And I want to piggyback on that. Yeah. You know, education, I, I, my, my grandmother always taught me and firmly believed as well that education is the key. But I want to make it plain that when we talk about education, I'm still not, I'm still not saying it's higher education, right? You've got to have knowledge of self. Um, you also have to know your history or the history of um, your people and your culture as well. Um, and I and I agree with you that having an education does not shield you from racism in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Period. Um, so I, I just have to say, with a resounding no, it does not shield you, but it can. It can not to say it does, but it can afford you additional opportunities, or it can open doors for you um, in regards to having a degree. Once again, depending on what you're trying to do in life. Okay, so why Drake? There are so many other uh, communities um, and colleges in our community here in Des Moines. There, and I won't get to naming them because then I'll name one, forget some. And but there are opportunities for someone to return to school. What about Drake appealed to you? I'm gonna be as real as it gets. It was the prestige of Drake University. Drake is known as the Harvard of the Midwest. That's absolutely correct. It has always been a dream of mine. I have friends who attended Drake, and yes, I coveted that. (laughs) I'm human. Mm -hmm. You know, Drake was always a dream. I said if there was ever any way in this world that I would go to any school, I would love to have a degree from Drake University. And there it was, right there in front of me, just invite me come get it come and get it come and that's really it. what they did is they they kind of <laughs> yes. said hey we want you come yes. on over here yes so you know being real you know there's prestige associated with drake university and um i'm not above that at all <laughs> <laughs> and what about you i agree wholeheartedly i'm not even gonna tell a lie either i'm gonna keep it all the way thorough um you know i'm not a a, a glory seeker uh but I do recognize that other folks recognize the value of having a Drake degree. Mm-hmm. It is considered prestigious. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was attainable before Bright College as well. Um, you know, in thinking about, you know, we've talked about they provide low barriers or, you know, in order to enter into the institution. Um, I didn't have to have an SAT, okay? The application process was Yeah, come easy. on, go down the list. You know, yes. the application process was extremely easy. Uh, I wrote a little short, you know, essay in regards to um, why I wanted to attend. Um, the the um, 
the counselor at the time who was helping folks, you know, onboard folks to the Bright College program as well. Um, it just, it was a super easy process. Um, so, you know, I chose Drake at that point in time because of the, I wouldn't have gone to Drake. I'm going to keep it thorough. I wouldn't have gone to Drake outside of the Bright College um, uh, opportunity. So it was the prestige for me. And for me, yes, I wanted that Drake degree, but I, I want to go back and say that I recognize other people recognize the prestige of Drake, you know, so there was that, um, I don't want to call it a, it's cause you know, it's not a shield, but you know, it was like, I, I've got this shield on my, <laughs> I, I got my little badge on. Come exactly. On, it is on, a badge. Come on, Drake. Absolutely. <laughs> it does open doors. I mean, there's this thing to where, I mean, I ain't going to say I got pulled over or anything. Mm-hmm. I won't say that. Okay. I will not say that. <laughs> but if you get pulled over and you accidentally pull out your student ID or mm-hmm. be like, oops, or <laughs> or if you have the, the license plate cover from Drake, mm-hmm. and I won't say you get preferential treatment. I'm just saying it might give you an advantage. And that's part of that benefit, that unspoken benefit that may come. Now, listen, don't go out here speeding and say, <laughs> Ab and I said, you go to Drake so you can break the law. That is not what I'm saying. But there are some unspoken advantages that come with the territory from being associated with an institution like Drake. So mm-hmm. then if we drill it down even more and go specifically to Bright College, what about that experience was different from you, Miss Pat, in your DMAC experience, or you, Deshana, in your previous college experience? What was different for me is um, after the excitement and the process, I, I looked up John D. Bright. Oh, the man. The man, the John man. D. Bright. Yeah. And his story. I was already aware of him, but not his whole story. And when I found out what Drake stood on to support this man, they dropped out of a whole conference, y'all. Yeah. So let's give a little background on that. Um, And I'm going to go off the cuff here, but John D. Bright was a collegiate football player who um, decided to land at Drake University to pursue his academic education and to play on the football team. Absolutely. And he did other sports, too. That's he what did. He, yeah, and yes. he excelled in all in sports all he them. touched. And, and I even remember in some research that I did, he was a part of a baseball team mm-hmm. here in the 40s and 50s that used to congregate at Good Park. And they were stellar. They were a stellar team. And he was like one of the stars of the team. And so during um, a football game against Oklahoma, um, he was injured and his jaw was broken. He, and he got hit several times and kept playing. Now, mind you, John D. Bright was in line for the Heisman Trophy. He was probably the number yes. one choice for the Heisman Trophy. And after this incident where he was hit several times, his jaw was either dislocated or broken, um, and thank goodness for reporters who were capturing footage of the incident, because again, if a black man is hurt and there ain't no footage, it did not happen. Mm, absolutely. But there was footage. There were there was um, images that were captured. He had to drop out. Um, he was he his name was basically removed from that list of Heisman hopefuls. Mm-hmm. And Drake University stepped in and said, hey, we are removing ourselves from the Missouri Valley Conference because of that incident. Absolutely. And that was a motivating factor for me, even more so that this institution, when nobody else would stand, 
they stood. They said, this is not right, it's not fair, and we refuse to be a part of it. Didn't we run them up out the country, too? Yeah. He, With systemic yeah. racism? I don't mean yeah. we when I say we. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. Anyway, right. We'll get into what we got to define we. But yes, right. he yes. ended up leaving In, the United States and going to Canada. Canada. And yes. completing his 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 degrees in Canada. Yeah, and he was a teacher there as yes. well. Yeah, and, and a principal. And a principal. <laughs> there are parks and schools and all kinds of landmarks named after him in Canada. Absolutely. So that being in tune with what Drake actually stood for and to honor this man in this way, hmm. I wanted to be a part of it. Wow. I mean, it says a lot that, you know, the history will be narrated for him and a lot of people as kind of one-sided. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, during, I think it was our first or second semester in Bright College, we were able to meet his granddaughter mm-hmm. via yes. virtual mm-hmm. Zoom or whatnot. And she came in and she said, yeah, history is displaying my grandfather as this amazing football player and athlete, which he was. But she said the most enduring um, legacy he left behind was the way he helped people. She mm-hmm. said, Nobody will know how many kids he bought school supplies and shoes for. Mm. Nobody will know that because that's who he was. So I think it it, it reminds me, your your statement, Miss Pat, is reminding me to not only rely on the narration that is given to us about a person, mm-hmm. but to 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 know their complete and total humanity as well. Deshana, what is it about Bright College that stood out for you, um, particularly against your previous college experience? Um, One of my favorite things about the Bright College experience, and I know you've probably heard this before, is we were given autonomy over our educational experience, and we were allowed to set rules and boundaries in regards to how we want to and how we will learn. Um, The other thing that was really amazing to me was the fact that we were part of a cohort during that two-year period. Mm -hmm. And so we had some very tough discussions during class, but because we were with the same group of people, we were able to establish boundaries and trust and respect and able to have conversations even when we didn't agree and still love on each other. Um, Bright College for me was a family. And I've never had an experience in college. And I've been to um, DMACC. I've been to Grandview. um, And I've never experienced learning with a family. Hmm. And so, you know, we made that experience because, once again, we were given autonomy to do so. So that that part was really amazing for me, and it made it easier to learn. That's really interesting. And, and so I'm thinking about the concept of a cohort, which is becoming more popular in higher education, by the way. Um, when when uh, Drake introduced Bright College and the format was cohort-style learning, it, you know, it's a relatively new innovation, but like I said, it's becoming more widely uh, utilized. That being said, um, for people who graduate from Bright College and continue on outside of Bright into other aspects of Drake or other universities where there is not a cohort-style learning environment, 
what could possibly be the drawbacks? Because if you're used to learning with the same people and you get used to that rhythm, that flow, you know how people communicate, you know people's patterns, you set ground rules because you're in that kind of environment where it's needed, really it's necessary in, in a cohort environment. But then you go from that to a class that might be an hour long, you've got 100 people in there, and then you move on to the next class. How, what, I mean, what suggestions would you have for people to make that adjustment in their thinking and in their mindset to be ready for that? I think one of the things that I've always thought about is that sometimes you're put in situations not to change you, but to change the situation. Oh, okay. Listen, Miss Pat, if I, mm-hmm. I just, I, can we take up an offering? <laughs> the what doors in the are world? open. The doors is open. <laughs> that is so powerful. And uh, I so was in powerful. a situation like that at, mm-hmm. at one time, and I, I actually talked to my minister about it because it just felt bad. And he said, sis, maybe you wasn't put there to change you. Maybe you was put there to change them. Hmm. And that's how it ended up. And I would think in the broader picture in a situation like this is I my advice would be to carry what you got from Bright College forward. Mm. Share it with others. Mm. You might be that change they were waiting for. My goodness. So carry what? Let's dig in there. Carry what what is it that you got from Bright College that you carry everywhere you go? What I got from Bright college is the acceptance mm. from everybody from wherever you were in life. Meet them where they're at. Have people meet you where you're at. And the biggest thing that I got was that sense of family. You know, it, uh, blood don't make you family. Mm. See, love, <laughs> love makes you family. Love, yes. and there was and a there sense was of love. love in that room. It absolutely was. Oh my goodness! Wow, to learn in an environment of love. I wonder if the, that impact, um, to to have a loving environment, how that would impact children. Because mm. right now, in so many educational environments, with the laws and rules and regulations changing constantly in our country. In our state, okay, let's not talk about House File 802 and the mm-hmm. other ones with the banning this and that, that it, it makes it really hard for educators to emotionally invest in the child that's in front of them. And some of them may not be prepared to emotionally invest in the child anyway. So when you say an environment of, of, of love encompassing a learning environment, I think that's really profound. And I think that because in this day and age, sometimes that classroom is the only place that child is going to get love. Wow. Mm. My goodness. That is so sad. It's a sad it reality. It is sad, but it's real. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, what would I tell someone maybe transitioning from the cohort type program or Bright College moving into a more traditional learning style? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Stay true to yourself. Um, dig deep because you're going to have to because it's such a stark difference from the environment where we came from. And not only was there love within the classroom amongst the students, but generally speaking, there was love that was emanating from our professors 
as well. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. The professors are second to none. Mm-hmm. Second to none. Well, you know. Keep going, though. I don't uh, want to interrupt. Uh, all, not all of them, but most of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I ain't going to ask for no names. I'm not giving no names. <laughs> Keeping it real. No, um, and, and here's the other thing. You know, sometimes when people are teaching you, whether it's in a higher education setting or whether it's your mama, your daddy, your friend, um, you know, someone that, that you work with, people can be condescending and talk down to you or come from this position of authority where they feel like, you know, just because you may have more knowledge than me in a certain area and I'm coming you to coming to you to learn does not mean that I don't deserve respect as well. And so not only was there love that emanated from, you know, most of the uh, faculty, um, not just the professors, but, you know, even some of the counselors, et cetera. But there was a level of respect there as well, you know. And so that made it easy to learn. And one thing I will say for folks who are transitioning from maybe a bright college or a cohort-based experience, transitioning to the greater population on, on campus, is to um, have faith in yourself and don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Yeah. No one is going to advocate for you like you can. Um, and if you need some help with that advocacy, ask someone that you trust and, and know who's going to help you to advocate for yourself. I think that's all good, good, solid, actionable insights. You know, advocate for yourself, show up, be true to you, dig deep know that you're there not only for your own benefit, but you can change the environment that you're in. I mean, that's really powerful stuff, really stuff that we can let that sit with us. So ladies, has your degree, or maybe I should say, how has your degree (laughs) enhanced your life or changed you, changed your situation or or has it at all? I mean, because the reality is, like I said, at the top of the show, you don't need a college degree to be successful, Although there are advantages and benefits that we've covered, you know, how has it enhanced your life or changed your life? I think for me, uh, one of the things that is, I've always been a proponent for education, and I'm even more so now with my children and grandchildren. It has made me pushier. Pushier? <laughs> what do you mean pushier? <laughs> with these children. Are you thumping them in the back of the head? Yes, I will. <laughs> but uh, it's... You know, when we talk about education, I have a, a teenage great-granddaughter who is, a, oh, we're going back to school, we're going back to school, I don't want to go back to school. Well, yes, you do. And this is why. Because without education, you are handicapping yourself for life. Wow, handicapping yourself for life. So for me, it is an, it just has made me feel better that, yeah, you being this strongly for education, it, it's right. It's right. It feels good. It makes me feel good that I'm in a position to say, look, if I did this, mm. you can do this. So that's, it's, it's just given me a, a sense of accomplishment. Do you feel like you're a role model? I feel like you're a role model for your family. You know, I didn't see that, but I keep getting told that. (laughs) So (laughs) I I embrace that, that it's it's a responsibility to be a role model. Do you think it's a responsibility to be educated in general? 
I absolutely think you you owe it to yourself. Hmm. You don't owe it to anybody else walking or breathing. You owe that to yourself. Any way you can be a better version of yourself, you owe that to yourself. Wow. Thank you. Miss Pat, I'm looking for your book to come out soon. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have you back so we can debut it here on Black and Privileged in America podcast, for real. Deshana, how has your degree enhanced or changed your life? Okay, so I don't want to negate or... Let me say this. I feel, this is my opinion, and this is, I feel that in the the workforce, nobody really cares about an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because that is the reward for completing Bright College is an associate's, associate's degree. degree. Yep. Yes. Okay? Um, I worked full time throughout my, uh, throughout the, the Bright College experience. Um, after getting the degree, immediately, I didn't get an immediate raise um, or anything like that, uh, you know, they, g- good job, Deshauna, pat on the back, we're proud of you, we knew you could do it, um, but for me, this was You mean they give you no raise? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but let me, let me say this, though, they do take care of me. Okay, because I, I, I was going to write a letter to somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but as far as immediate results from the associate's degree, I didn't see any in regards to a monetary gain or being able to move forward on my job. But what I will say is it opened my mind Mm. and um, it made me hungry for more. And it let me know just how little I know, you know, I thought before I started Bright College that I was smart, right? Don't get, no, I'm just no, going to hold on. You are one of the most intelligent people I've ever known. I'm not okay? saying that I'm not intelligent. Don't get it twisted, y'all. But I was amongst the, the people in my cohort. I was amongst brilliant people. And it opened my mind. I learned so much. And I'm now more open to just believing my own way of thinking. You, you know, like I can, I can come across different ideas and different concepts that um, – I might have just shut down initially. So I just, I just felt like it opened me up um, to be able to receive um, better, if that makes sense. And so um, I just feel more open, and I feel, I feel more hungry, you know, for more knowledge, if that makes sense. I just feel like my way of thinking has changed. I feel like blinders were lifted off my eyes, mm. um, you know, and... Uh, like I said, I, I it made me hungry to seek out knowledge on my own. I'm not just going, for, and I've never been one to go for what you tell me. I got to find out for myself. Right, research. I've, always, I've yeah. always been that person, but it, it, it made me that much more hungry, and it, it brought new issues to mind for me because we talked about and discussed and learned about so many different things from, you know, from the environment to, um, you know, social justice issues to, you know, laws to education to, you know, disparities in health. We just, we learned so many different things. And so, you know, I was just, I, I learned how to question and there's nothing wrong with questioning as well. So I've always got questions. So I love that. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I feel like um, one thing I always try to remind myself is there's wisdom in an answer, but most of the wisdom comes in a question that's asked properly. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of questions, I, and I'm kind of just giving you this off the fly, but what kind of questions are you asking now in, of the world, of what's happening? I mean, we've got a plethora of things in front of us. We've got what's happened. We've got January 6th that happened. We've got um, 
August 5th. August. Oh, girl. Listen, we did <laughs> the last show. The last episode was all about the, the riverfront resistance, as I like to call it. You know, we've got that. But I believe that some of those participants were emboldened by a Trump rally that happened the week before. Mm-hmm. So all of these political um implications that are influencing people how they think how they move in the world how they see other people what are the questions you're asking both of you because I know I'm asking like this morning I was at breakfast uh, I went out um, to a local spot for breakfast and I saw a man he had on a t-shirt now on his t-shirt was a grayed out American flag and a gray cross and he was carrying a Bible and a fanny pack. Now, what am I thinking? What questions am I thinking? Maybe five years ago, I'd be like, oh, that's a Christian man. But that's not my questions anymore. My questions are, you know, is he an extremist? Is he white right wing? Who is he going to vote for? He looks like a Trumper. All of these assumptions that I don't want to make about people, but they're legitimate questions that I have. So what kind of questions are you asking of the world? This is so timely. I stopped yesterday at a local food spot and I pull up and I park and it's a truck so you could close parking and there's a van sitting there lady hops out and I do a double take because it has now I didn't see her get out when I looked over there it was empty but there's a big old picture of Trump on the side of the, of the van she had his face on her van not Ew. just wait a, it gets better. Wow, that's deep. So because I couldn't I didn't know if it belonged to a worker or a patron, I'm like, who the heck is serving people <laughs> right. driving around? Yeah. And if you gonna do I really want to place this order here if this belongs to somebody here. Exactly. I'm like and I finally discerned who it belonged to because she was so excited to go back to her van and bring out a head fan <laughs> of Trump. Mm-mm-mm. And yes, I got in my head mm-hmm. and I got in my true feelings. And I was like, what the heck is really going on? I didn't right. say heck. And why? Oh, you was cussing. She was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really she do said, that. what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Okay, she, uh, my question is, how many uh, y'all run around here mm-hmm. amongst regular folks, and at what level are you perpetrating your cause? Exactly. And, you know, mind you, I do want to interject that I would not want to see anybody with Joe Biden's face on the side Absolutely. of their truck either. Absolutely. It's like, what kind of level of devotion do you have to an idea that, you would do that. Or maybe not even the idea, but the person that, that represents that idea to you. It was also yeah. a reality check for me that while you see it on TV and you um, know that it exists, there are really everyday people walking around here who support insanity. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. In totally. authority. Mm-hmm. In authority. In authority. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a reality check. It was what the hell. It was a whole lot of things all at once. Just stopping f- for some chicken wings. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, nothing is simple anymore. Nothing. nothing is as simple as it used to be. Nothing. 
Deshana, what are your questions? What are you seeing and asking of the world? Um, questions. You know, I question everything. I don't mm-hmm. know if you all remember from class, but I'd raise my hand. Um, I've got <laughs> questions. Um, you but, set a great example for the rest of us. Absolutely. You know, but for example, I'm looking at a newscast and I'm, you know, whatever they're reporting on. You know, I began questioning who's behind the story. What was the motivation behind the story? If they're quoting statistics, where did the statistic come from? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the control group in the statistic? You know, I mean. Like I said, you know, going to Bright College basically um, opened my eyes and just made me want to question everything, you you know. Um, And so I question everything. I'm asking the questions. It it depends on what I am ingesting, what I'm looking at, what questions I may have, if that makes sense. But I'm questioning everything. And and not only am I questioning, I'm looking for the answer as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think the answers are everywhere and they're multiplicitous because there isn't just one. There's not one, you know, and I think for me, I'm questioning how I'm thinking about everything. Like, why do I, why am I squinting at this particular situation? What is it about Mm -hmm. what I think and feel Mm -hmm. that is, is causing me to react this way in a certain situation? So all of these questions come up for me. um, And I just, I, we got to do this again, y'all. Yeah, I question my I question my uh, motivations for reacting. Yeah, you know? yeah. Why am I reacting like that? She just somebody here, just like you, get some food. Mm-hmm. But because of what she was perpetrating, it was like, wow, it's on every level. And then I I think back to our classroom in Bright College. We all came from different, different. walks of life, mm-hmm. different belief systems different eras, um, you know, as, as diverse as the world is, we were the world in that room. Yes, yes we were. And so I try to keep in mind, you know, I think that's what I would attempt to take with me everywhere is understanding diversity at its truest level is that there is no one else on earth who thinks like me. That's right. And I'm the only one who thinks and reasons this way and other people think and reason in their way. And that's okay for them until it's not, you know, until some hands are thrown or until there's some violence, until someone's hurt or harmed. So it's learning to be okay with everybody else's normal unless there's hurt or harm involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to also say, you know, when asking questions, right, I also question myself as well, but don't get it twisted. I'm not second-guessing myself when I say questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm also questioning my motivation um, as well, and not just why I'm reacting a certain way to something. Why do I think this way? Um, You know, digging deep. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's important not only for us to question what's going on in the world, in our society, in our community, but it's also important to check in with ourselves and question ourselves and our own motivations and our own thinking as well. And I question myself because I want to be a better person. Yeah. Um, you know, for myself, for my family, for my community. You know, we've got to ask questions, y'all. Well, I think if we had more Deshanas and more Mama Pats <laughs> in the world, then the world would be a better place. I've got another question for you as we get ready to close. I just want to say thank y'all so much for being here. It's been a pleasure, and I 
I consider the two years that we spent together in Bright College at Drake University as two of the most enriching years of my life. So many things happened that um, stretched my mind and my thinking and the way I perceive the world. And that was no doubt due to your influence and your wisdom and your way of being in that room. And so thank you for that. Thank you for touching and imprinting on my life. Um, yeah, I just want y'all to know that. And the whole wide world out there, I want y'all to know it too. <laughs> um, so what are you reading right now? What books are you reading? We have this tradition now where we are sharing uh, book recommendations with our listeners. And so from you, inspirational, intelligent women, what are you reading? Well, for me right now, I'm not really reading anything. Okay. The, it, the, you just graduated. You did enough reading. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to give these books a rest. The only book I'm really reading right now is the Bible. Mm-hmm. I read that regularly. I have day, I do the daily devotions and stuff. And I and, and it's enriching. Just back to what you just said about how we react to things um, and how um, there was one this morning about uh, thinking spiritually rather than carnally. Ah, yeah. And, and, and how you react. And I try to apply those things to my life. You know, when different family situations come up, you know, you might see me smiling and stuff, and I might have just laid out one of my children. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that Bible got you that together. Bible, yeah, right. But, 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 <laughs> can I get an amen? Right. Amen. <laughs> What's his name saying on TV these days? No, you can't. But anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um. That's what that's basically what I'm reading right now. Although I am an avid reader, I just uh, I think I'm in a timeout. Yeah, <laughs> right I mean now. the Bible is a good book. It is. It really is. It's a good book. I mean, it's the origin story. I I consider it. If you want to know anything about origins or Black history, start with the Bible. Is what I always Absolutely. tell people. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Pat. The Bible. <laughs> D. What are you reading? Um, I'm actually rereading. A couple of books right now. Um, one of the books I'm reading is called Gorilla by My Love by Tony Cade Bambaro. See, one oh, of my, my favorite um, authors. Uh, this book was originally published in the early 70s. Um, it's a series of short stories that talk about basically black life and black experience. Um, Tony Cade Bambara, just a little educational piece. You know, she was a social activist, she was an author, she was a professor uh, as well. Um, and so I love that book, so I'm rereading it. Um, and then the other book that I'm reading, which is another favorite, a rereading that's another favorite of mine, is um, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Mm. And um, yeah. Khalil, uh, or uh, the the main character in the story, I want to say his name is Al Mustafa. He's a prophet, and he spent uh, many years in a city that wasn't his home. I believe the, the place was called uh, Orphalese, maybe. But anyway, as he decides that he's going to go back home to his home country, um, the townspeople gather and he begins to give them lessons or, you know, on love, life, pain, spending money, um, you know, marriage, the laws of the land, things like that. And I think it's just written so beautifully and it has some, some really beautiful gems about life that you can take with you. So those are the two books I'm reading right now. Those are awesome. I mean, those two, the Bible, come on, y'all. I think our <laughs> our listeners are going to have such wonderful options to pick from, and I want you all to go out and eat. look, even if you don't go buy a new book, pick up your Bible and read it. 
read Absolutely. it. I do encourage people to, to um, especially if they're just starting a black history journey, to pick up the Bible because and, and a map at the same time. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to connect some interesting dots that you may not have known about. So, yeah, great suggestions. My book selection for you all today is a throwback to Bright College uh, first semester Um, It's a book that was uh, assigned reading to us when we were learning about race and culture and a whole bunch of other things um, concerning social justice. And it is, um, before I tell you what it is, I'm going to read an excerpt really quick from the end of the book. Um, Something more fierce than Marcus Garvey is riding on the whirlwind. Something more awful than all our African ancestors is rising with the seas. The two phenomena are known to each other. It was the cotton that passed through our chained hands that inaugurated this age. It is the flight from us that sent them sprawling into the subdivided woods and the methods of transport through these new subdivisions across the sprawl is the automobile, the noose around the neck of the earth and ultimately Mm. the dreamers themselves. And that is Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. So those are the book recommendations. I just, again, want to say thank you to my guests, Deshauna Taylor and Miss Pat, Mama Pat Johnson. You are inspirational women. You are, um, again, two of the most intelligent people I've ever known. And I'm sure that everywhere you go, your light shines. I, I see you pointing at me, D. I'm talking. I'm trying to give you your love and your your shine right now. Let me give <laughs> We just want to make sure you get yours, too. I, oh, y'all. You're come on. one awesome human being. <laughs> I tell you, you don't have to. You can be a lot younger and still be inspiring. And I'm telling you, you're wearing it. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Miss Pat. And I want to piggyback on that and say that, Abana, you are one of the most brilliant Humble, loving, and beautiful people I know. You have a beautiful spirit. Um, You're about your business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, I don't know if you know. Wait a minute. (laughs) I love y'all. I appreciate that. But one of the things I really appreciate about you is you are so humble, Abhinav. You have so much in you. Uh, so much and you pour into other people and you you bring people along with you and you provide opportunities like let let me go back to the beginning of this podcast when you said when you asked me what you know what made me decide to go back to school I remember I said I mentioned in passing to you that I was thinking about going back to school you sent me tools and resources just a gentle nudge you know what I mean you're thoughtful and so, I, listen, Abana, you're amazing. I just need you to know that. I have to say it out loud for the world to hear. I appreciate you. I love you. And you're so humble. Woo, oh y'all my just God. don't know. Listen, I love these people. My <laughs> friends are better than y'all's friends, okay? <laughs> listen, thank you both for joining me today. This is Abana Sankofa Imhotep, and this has been another fantastic episode of Black and Privileged in America podcast. Presented by AmplifiedDSM.com. Today we've been joined in community with Mama Pat Johnson and Deshauna Taylor as they shared incredible insights on pursuing higher education as black women, as non-traditional students. Check out the show notes from today's episode to learn more about Drake University Bright College, as well as get getting those book recommendations. Also, please visit our website at www.AmplifiedDSM.com and my website at www.abanasankofa.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.
This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies.